Welcome to How Did I Get This Far? Each episode will tackle the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, we talk about understanding the news. Where do reporters find their news? And how do we know that the news we see and read is accurate? And when is something considered breaking news? All that and more right now. Hello, everyone. This just in. I just got word that today's guest knows all about the basics of making sense of the news. And that guest is Julia Palazzo. She has worked as a reporter, a co-host, and a fill-in anchor for news stations in three different cities across the country. She is a fellow graduate from Rutgers University of New Brunswick, New Jersey, with a double major in journalism and media studies and political science. And during that time, she also interned for major news networks in New York City. Hi, Julia. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me. I'm super honored to be a part of this and really flattered that you thought of me. So thank you. Of course. Well, um, you know, obviously, like I said, we went to school together and it was great that our school made it accessible to go to New York City and pursue careers in the media. And it's just been really fun watching you pursue your career while we were in school. And afterwards, you've just you've accomplished things I think are really impressive. So it was a no brainer to me to have you as my guest. Thank you for that. And yeah, I mean, Rutgers feels like yesterday. And really, it's some of the best years of my life were there. And I'm glad we got to know each other there. And I think without it, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. So I I learned I learned a lot as a student there and a lot during my internships, like you just mentioned. So I'm really grateful for all of that. You know, I met a lot of people through those classes. And I had this really amazing professor who taught American politics. And he had a British accent too. So I could have listened to him speak all day. He mm, was really intelligent nice. and informative. And I got an A in the class. So he's even he better for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to that easy though. Uh, Awesome. Well, let's dive right in because I know we got a lot to cover in this episode. Um, So we're going to do a little game, um, which we've we've covered on the podcast before, but we call it superlatives. Um, Basically, I'm going to give you a superlative phrase and you're going to give me a story in relation to the topic. Okay. All right. The first one, craziest headline you've had to read. Oh, gosh. You know, there's quite a few. Um, You know what? I just thought of one now. We have, at my current job in Nashville, a breaking news desk. I'm not the breaking news desk anchor. We have somebody else for that. But there have been a few times where I filled in for him. And what we do is we report on some arrest warrants. And they really have to be crazy or, you know, newsworthy, which we can get into in a little bit, to report on them. Because a lot of them are just kind of silly and nobody really cares about. But one did say that there was this man who was walking along a really busy interstate in the overnight hours, and he was yelling at police and yelled that this is long before things started to shut down with the pandemic. He started yelling, everybody has coronavirus, everybody has coronavirus. So the headline we created out of that was man goes on a rant, um, was found to be, you know, high on some kind of drug, I think methamphetamine, and yells, everybody has coronavirus. So what you want to do with a headline is make it eye-catching, of course. You want people to click on the story. So I was consulting with our web producer, and I said, should I put this line in there? She goes, yes, of course, because this is going to catch people's eyes. And and then I remember one Florida man one was Florida man crashes into a bar so he can steal Dr. Pepper. That's one I remembered now that I think about it. So 
you just never know, but really to help people understand headlines. Like I know some people will comment and say, why isn't this part of the headline? Why isn't this detail in the story part of the headline? Really it's, it's what's going to grab people's attention or really depending on the story, what the story is truly about. So, yeah. All right. Well, that is for the headlines. The next one is biggest misconception about the media. Um, You know, I feel like that's changed over the years and especially in a time where a lot of people think, you know, we we might be spreading misinformation. I, I think people just forget that what our jobs really are is that, you know, we're here to tell the truth. We're here to tell you what's going on in your community or around the world. And I think another big misconception is that we have hair and makeup teams. <laughs> I had a lot of people ask me, wow, your makeup looks really great. Who does it? Me. I'm my own makeup artist and hair stylist. And, you know, it's definitely a skill to learn because as you move into different markets, you work with different lighting and lighting is everything. YouTube tutorials have saved my life. Now, people at network levels typically have people doing their hair and makeup for them, but hate to break it to you people, but we're our own hair and makeup artists. That's a big misconception about us. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen your newsreel and your makeup looked so good. And I was like, wow, her hair... Her hair and makeup, I mean, she either mastered it or someone's doing it for her. And of course, because I admire who you are, I was like, oh, she's got a team. Like, she doesn't do it herself. I wish. All right. One last one. Most interesting story you've covered. Honestly, this pandemic, I have to say, is extremely interesting. I mean, this is something that none of us could have prepared for. And you know, in a news perspective, you know, we're still out there reporting on everything possible about it. It's really interesting to see how people and how organizations respond to a crisis. So I think that's been so interesting to see how people come together and how people are really trying to help each other out since, you know, we know the unemployment rate is just extremely high what we have like 38 million people who filed for unemployment across the u.s and tennessee has a really high number so i think that's been really interesting yeah and if you asked me a few months ago i probably would have said something different but this takes the cake it really does well let's talk more about the world of news reporting we can first kind of touch on the different positions in the news because i know there's like there's anchors and there's producers and there's like reporters that i think are like on the scene or whatever so can you just kind of break down what the positions are that we all have seen? There are a lot of positions, and I think a lot of them that a lot of people don't know about. So obviously you have your anchors who are guiding the show, who are on screen the most. Then you have your meteorologists who you depend on your your weather. Um, you know, people wake up, they want to know what the forecast is. Really, weather is such a driving factor for newscasts. That's really why a lot of people tune in Mm. is to know, do I need to bring an umbrella with me? Or what am I supposed to wear today? So you have your on-air talent. And then in big markets, especially here too, you have traffic anchors because Nashville (sighs) traffic is a very, very big issue. And then you have your hardworking people behind the scenes. You have producers who are assigned to a newscast So our morning show, for example, we have an executive producer who oversees the entire newscast, coordinates things with reporters and oversees what the producers do. So we have a four to 7 a.m. show. So we have one producer for the four o'clock hour, 
We have one producer for the five o'clock hour and we have one for the six o'clock hour. And any newscast you see, you're going to have one producer assigned to that. And they're responsible for picking the content that is going to be the most relevant to our viewers or the big news of the day. And then you have editors who, when you're watching a newscast, you got to have video. I mean, you see video from an active scene of a breaking news story, possibly, you know, a shooting or a fire, for example, the editor is responsible for making sure that is on your TV. And then we have photographers. So the people that are shooting the video that you see, the ones that are usually with reporters or sometimes they're on their own and are shooting video of whatever we're talking about. And then you have management who oversees the whole station. You know, you have the news director who's in charge of the entire news operation. You have an assistant news director, not at every station, but they usually are responsible for scheduling and, and other management operating stuff. And that's most of the common positions. And you also have a web team because most people are getting their information from online and social media. Really, on-air talent is responsible for pushing stories and pushing people to go to our website since a lot of people will turn to us first since they see us every day and feel like we're a part of their lives. So there's a lot of different departments that really make a news station a news station. Yeah. And you had mentioned about, you know, gathering the news, finding the news, finding what's relevant. Where do you find the news? Since you're supposed to be the ones sharing it and being new uh, information. So where do you actually find it so that you can share it? And how do you know when you have enough of the story to share? You know, that's a good question. And I think that changes constantly because really there's so many different avenues of finding a story. First off is, um, I'll start with social media. There's a lot of things that are floating around on there that people complain about or people, you know, write about an experience they had that they would like attention to be brought to, or they're just really writing about an experience that they want their friends and family to know about. Like maybe, for example, I know recently we covered a woman who was running in a neighborhood around here and was almost kidnapped, but she spoke up to this person and she was talking really loudly, screaming back at this person to kind of freak them out and, and veer them away and to get people's attention that were around the area. And and she wanted to be interviewed so she could share her story with everybody else about, you know, what she did to handle that situation. And I think she wrote some kind of Facebook post about it. So there are a lot of Facebook groups with different neighborhoods. We also get press releases sent to our newsroom and you, you connect with sources. So sources, I mean, could be anywhere from people in law enforcement to just people that work at random businesses that are hearing about things. And if you make a relationship with them, they'll give you a tip. Hey, this is going on, look into it. And then scanners. So we have scanners in a station that, you know, has police dispatch and things. And, you know, we hear them talk about, okay, there's this car accident at this place. So we have somebody who's responsible for listening to that and assigning people um, live shots or helping them tune in our live shot to make sure that we, they can see us and hear us. I got to give a shout out to our technical directors who are in the booth. They're responsible for changing all the shots. They press buttons, right. they queue up, you know, this shot on this anchor, this shot on that anchor. They queue up the reporter live shot. They cut from one video to the next, or it's just, it's a lot of different people. So those are the main ways I think we find stories in this day and age. Yeah. You had mentioned, I actually had never heard that, the, that you guys, you know, could use like Facebook groups or just anything where, you know, a 
regular citizen is sharing something around them that might be worth sharing on the show. So really, when you see these people post on Facebook and you see really anything, usually a press release, everything is verified in there because it's coming from a reliable source. But with stuff on Facebook, like, for example, that kidnapping story I just used, you want to make sure that it's legit. So you contact your local police department, wherever it happened, just to verify, hey, this is something I saw. Did this actually happen? Because you want to make sure that you have verified sources before you report anything. And it's really important to get both sides. So say if somebody has an issue with how, for example, this is just a made up scenario, a university is handling an issue. So, you know, you would interview, for example, maybe the student who has the issue, but then you also want to get the university side on the topic. So getting both sides is, is critical. And I think early on in my career, that was an element that I, you know, when you're on a deadline, you kind of forget sometimes, but you know, that's why you have your managers and, and people that you work with every day to, to remind you to make sure that you have all of the pieces to be able to put a story on air. So you are telling it accurately and fairly. Well, that definitely brings me into a big question, which is how to know when the news that you're receiving is true, truthful, uh, you know, because sometimes it can come with an opinion or an agenda or as some people say that it's fake news. Um, so what I mean, you kind of went over how to ensure that it can be um, at least when you're doing the work, how you can make sure that the information you're sharing is verified. But as viewers, what are some ways to ensure that what we're listening to doesn't have like an angle or a bias? Yeah. And I think that really can be tricky in this day and age because certain shows that you'll see have a format where they'll bring in experts to talk about a certain topic, which isn't exactly opinionated. It's just, you know, especially with coronavirus and COVID-19, you'll see a bunch of doctors come on, you know, giving opinions about hey, should we be wearing face masks and things like that? It kind of depends on what you're watching. But really, the whole fake news thing is is interesting. I'll say that. You know, there's, there's unfortunately been videos I've seen, and this has not happened to me yet. I mean, you get people that try to harass you out in the field, and you don't know what they're capable of. But some people, you know, are, are, are shouting at these reporters saying, I mean, there was this one video I saw that said, fake news is not essential during this pandemic. And I just thought that was very discouraging. I mean, really what we're trying to do here is our job. So really fake news is defined as information that can't be verified. You don't have a reliable source to confirm that information. So really my advice would be is to learn to recognize websites that are fake. So you can, you can be curious about the stories you see and investigate them yourself. I think, especially on social media, if you see something that you think is a real story, I think the verified blue check is very important. I think it verifies, I mean, I got one and I was so excited that day when I got one, I have to small say. Brag. It's um, small brag. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just a small brag. No, but in all seriousness, it really helps people, you know, weave out some of the fake accounts. So I think, you know, you, you tune to your local news station, you tune to the networks knowing that that's going to be your most reliable source. I think you should use care and caution before sharing a certain story. Um, just really take the time to read it and 
know who you're reading it from. I mean, I know there's a couple websites out there that are parodies that people think are legitimate news sources, which, you know, I'm all for a good laugh, but to share that information and believe that it's true, um, I would definitely make sure that it's a legitimate news source first. What would be the differences with the different news stations? I know sometimes people say, you know, that one station is way too skewed in a certain direction or, um, you know, not, not to trust another one or that it's, you know, the goal is entertainment on another one. How, what would you say are some of the major differences between different news stations? Sure. I think I think it depends, really. I think with local news, we all have the same goal of reporting what's happening in our community. And I, I think that we're formatted a traditional way. And the networks, I know, you know, the morning shows, if you watch all three of them at one time, a lot of them will have similar rundowns. And a rundown is, you know, what the show looks like for people who don't know the term rundown. So, you know, we, we all have the same goal in mind to cover what is the most important story of the day or of the week. And how can we move it forward is a really important thing. So sometimes with one story, you'll get the basic facts and the nuts and bolts per se of it. But then in the days moving forward, if it's a big enough story, how do you move it forward? What do you do? You come up with different angles, which is really important. Um, And I think that's what every network does. And then you have networks like CNN and MSNBC who are cable channels who have much more time to focus on one topic, That's those are the ones where you see a ton of experts come in, talk for maybe an extended period of time, and kind of go more into analyzing it, where these network shows in the mornings and the evenings, you are on a strict time frame. And the same with local news, we only have a, a minute and a half or two minutes to really tell the story. So it's all about time. I think that's a really big difference you'll see is, is just formatting and we, we, like I said, we all have the same goal to share the most important information that people need to know about. Yeah. And I, obviously, all news is, is important news. But what determines if something is breaking news? Oh, yes. Breaking news and the adrenaline junkie I am. <laughs> I enjoy it. Breaking news is something that is urgent, something that's constantly developing, So, for example, especially on a morning show, you know, unfortunately, we have a lot of overnight um, breaking news things, which is, you know, a car accident or a fire, a house fire or a shooting. And when you first hear about these things, you don't really have much information except the time it happened and where it is. And then when you send a reporter or photographer out there, their job is to gather that information from a sergeant or the fire chief that's on scene, somebody that will be reliable to give you that information. And then you go on the air with what you know so far. So actually this week I went to a house fire and sometimes you get there, you get one update and that's the story. So five people escaped this house fire really in the nick of time. And it was, it was incredible that they did. Thank goodness. And a few of them were taken to the hospital to be checked out. But sometimes if you show up earlier, like it's an active house fire, you you don't really have a lot of information. Or a shooting scene, you know, these officers need and detectives need a lot of time to investigate what happened. So sometimes you'll just know there was a man shot 
they're taken to the hospital. That's it. But a few hours later, later, you'll learn if they pass away too, their identity, a suspect, how it started, if there's a motive. So it's something that's constantly developing. And I think, you know, there have been times where the breaking news ticker might be used in a situation that's not necessary. But, and it's also like big updates on events that are happening. Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, All right. So I have one kind of unrelated question. What are your thoughts about scripted shows and movies that portray what it's like to work at a news station? So it's funny. I was having a conversation with my boyfriend about this recently because he is in the business as well. And the newsroom with Jeff Daniels was on HBO. And he said that show nails news so accurately and I remember it was, I don't know, gosh, it was probably a couple of years ago now. I watched the first episode, but when you binge watch so many things at once, you kind of forget about it. So he said that that really hit it, you know, perfectly. So I think that one, maybe other people in news listening to this would agree is accurate. Maybe some people won't, but you know, you see movies like Anchorman who, <laughs> you know, that's obviously a joke, but that is, that is not what this business is like <laughs> at all. Phew. But yeah, it, it's kind of funny to, to see that movie. Just, just a, that's just for humor. Yeah. So don't think that's how a newsroom is run. <laughs> um, and really the most recent one, the morning show, Yeah. which I really, I have to say, I really liked that show. I think they did a great job. There were some things in there, and I'm trying to think of specifics, that probably didn't hit it perfectly. But, you know, it's a show. I don't mind scripted shows portraying a newsroom or news, but I have heard that the newsroom with Jeff Daniels is very accurate. And I'm not sure if that's because they took the time to research it or somebody that used to work in news worked on the show, but also the morning show was, was, was pretty good too, but I'll have to give the newsroom a, an A plus. Oh, of course, Bruce Almighty was (laughs) also another, another, uh, parody I would say, but it, but it was funny to, um, you know, see how they portrayed news, but, but the really, you know, famous scene with Steve Carell where he, you know, blah, 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 yeah. like totally loses what he's saying. I mean, that happens to us every single day. I don't know if it's obviously that excessive, of course, because it was something that Bruce did in the movie to make him do that. Right. But there are many times where we fumble our words and I, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've done that. And you just, you just shake your head after and you're like, oh man, why did I do that? You're so stupid. But we're humans. Right. It happens, especially in a live shot. There's a lot of pressure in live shots. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's good. So tentatively, newsroom is great if you have curiosity about what it's like working in a newsroom. Yes. All right. We're going to go into other uh, ways of accessing news. But first, what should people, where should people be getting their news? Is social media okay? If so, which versions of social media, which accounts? Um, are newspapers even like relevant anymore what are your thoughts about other forms of, of uh getting the news i think newspapers are relevant in in so many ways and i know that you know a lot of them have had to close up shop because a lot of people do turn to online sources but a lot of these newspapers have also transitioned to an online format in addition to a printed format I think newspapers do some of the best reporting I've ever seen because a lot of them have a lot of time 
time is everything in news. A lot of them have a lot of time to look into a certain topic. And I, I, I still like to read them, even, even local papers and national papers. The New York Times, obviously, they do incredible storytelling. So if you can support a, a newspaper, I highly recommend it because there are a lot of things in there that even a newscast can't cover. They go into such a detail and it goes back to the time thing. When you're airing stuff on television, you are limited to a certain time frame. So in TV, you have a reporter who presents a story, which is called a package. So when you see a reporter talking over video and in an interview for a minute and a half to two minutes, you are looking at a package that they put together. And everything else you see is a video like if an anchor's reading it and you see video and they're still talking, it's called a VO. And then if it goes after the VO to someone being interviewed, that's called a SOT. But yes, social media is definitely, I think, taken over. And I think just online formats have. I mean, ratings, at least from my perspective, still do really well on television because, you know, you have a bunch of different generations. You have the baby boomers who still like to watch their newscasts right on their couch in the comfort of their homes and even a certain amount of millennials. But you do see a lot of millennials in these studies that are just strictly going to online and on the go and even Gen Z's that generation too. So, so yeah, I, I think going back to that whole blue check thing, making sure you follow the news stations in your city, they are posting if not more news on social media, they do live streams of events. So, you know, they stream graduations, like all these car parade graduations that have been happening. And it's like, well, that's so great to see, but then you'll see it later on the newscast too. But you're seeing the full event. They also stream news conferences. They stream things, breaking news stories. So I think following your local news stations, following local reporters and making sure that that's actually their accounts and not a fake account those are the places that you'll get a lot of your news from online. And also I know even the iPhone has, you know, the news app now, and I get an alert on my watch of the five things you need to know about today. And sometimes there are also newsletters of places that will email you a shortened version because a lot of us don't have a great attention span, including myself, which is kind of ironic, but sometimes if I don't have the patience to read a whole story from elsewhere, I like having those newsletters about, you know, the five things you need to know about today. So I think do your research. That's the most important thing. And don't, you know, trust everything you see online. You just need to make sure that it is a verified source, yeah. which can be tricky sometimes, but sometimes it's right in front of you and you know it's it's legitimate. An interesting thing that you said earlier, I was, I was going to point out was really interesting and, and you basically brought it up again, was the idea that different forms of get, getting the news. So it kind of depends if you want to hear a lot of different things and just like kind of the key points or if you want to go more into depth and really invest some time into hearing that particular uh, story. I think it's interesting that there's different ways depending on what you do want to gain from tuning into the news. Yeah, and I think a lot of stations have investigative reporters who take multiple days to tell a story, to gather information for a story and I think those are really interesting too. And that kind of reminds me of really one of my favorite programs is Dateline. I have such a fascination with Dateline and NBC. I, I think it's so interesting how they take a case, they do an hour long special about it 
interview all sides, the prosecution, the defense, the say if it's a murder investigation they're looking into, the victim's family, I think telling the whole story of what happened that day per se, and then leading all the way up to the trial. I think that's extremely fascinating. I think it just kind of depends on the person you ask. But me, I love investigative reporting. I actually interned for a consumer investigative unit in New York for the local ABC station. And that was interesting to have people, you know, contact us about problems they're having, about money that was taken from them unfairly. And our job really was to look into it, get their documented paperwork about what happened and contact the people that took money from them or owe the money, things like that. So I'm personally intrigued by things like that. One of my questions was going to be how often the average person should be researching the news to to be enough in the know that they're doing their part. Is there an answer to that? You, you know, that's hard. I think it depends on the person. I think, you know, especially during this time and even me, like consuming so much of it is difficult depending on what's going on. I think with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's really all that people are talking about for the most part. I think some places are kind of phasing away from that and getting out of it, but you don't want it to overwhelm you. So if you're a person that gets overwhelmed easily, I think you dabble into it a few minutes a day. Sometimes, um, you know, that's why morning news programs are, you know, highly rated too. People tune in maybe for a half hour, maybe for 10 minutes and they learn for the most part what's going on. So and it's kind of like those newsletters again I mentioned. If you read a newsletter, if you read an app or you just scroll on like our website or any news website, you'll see just a few headlines that are you know, the news of the day essentially. Um, I think that's enough news gathering for most people. I mean, me and other people too like to consume more than that because there might be things you missed in those newsletters. And another thing that's helpful too is a lot of these news stations let you do push notifications. So if there's a big story going on, they'll push the notification to your phone. And then if you're interested in the topic, you can read about it. So I don't really think there is one single answer for that. I think it's enough to, to really, I think it has to be enough to know really what's going on and to make sure that you're informed. Perfect. And of course, I have to ask this question as well for those who decide that they want to look into it a lot more or even if they don't but still want to share their opinions online, whether they've done their research before or not. What are your thoughts about people sharing their opinions on the news, whether it's like Facebook or Instagram? Do you have any thoughts about people's opinions on that? Well, I think everyone's entitled to an opinion. I think if people are sharing their opinions and and, and saying you know, information that just isn't true. Like if you're reading the article and they completely discount, you know, someone's reporting, if it's been verified and if it's legitimate, then, you know, I think, I think you're kind of sparking controversy with people that are on Facebook. And, and really I, I try to avoid reading any sort of comment from, from places and people because sometimes people just really get so aggressive with each other nowadays and people need to remember that everybody's entitled to their opinion and you know I think especially if it's like a sad story or a tragedy people share their opinions about it and it, and that's really hard to read just because it's so sad and, and that's when you see people come together as 
you know, people will be like, this is so heartbreaking, or I knew this person who passed away. And then you start a conversation about, you know, who that person was, or, you know, how can we get through this together? But yeah, I think overall, everybody's entitled to their opinions. I just think you have to be considerate of what everybody else is thinking as well. And that's really important because it can get ugly if you don't do that. I think that's great advice. I think you've had great advice throughout the whole interview. Uh, I mean, obviously, you you do know what you're talking about because you you deal with the news on a daily basis. And I just want to say it's been great watching you grow in your career so far. I'm excited to see what comes next for you. And hopefully, you know, you can share this and get more people to want to see your blue checkmark verified pages. Um, (laughs) So for people who do want to follow your story and learn more about the news from you, uh, where can they find you? Um, Seriously, thank you for that. I really appreciate it being (laughs) A few years in, I'm still a sponge. I'm I'm learning a lot as I go, and I encourage anybody who has questions and you know wants to talk about anything related to the topic to reach out to me. I mean, I'm on all social media pages, although my Facebook isn't verified yet because I don't know why they just don't like me. I guess. Come on, Facebook. <laughs> um, I know, right? But really, I think it's a whole process. I don't know. I struggled for a long time to get verified on Twitter until. Um, I think my company helped out with that. So yeah, at Julia Palazzo TV is my Twitter name. And then on Facebook, I'm WKRN Julia Palazzo. So you can message me on either of those, tweet at me directly on Twitter, and I'm happy to discuss. But if you live in Nashville, Tennessee, I am on Good Morning Nashville, 4 to 7 a.m. every weekday reporting. So, And if not, you can live stream us on WKRN.com. So there you go. That's where all my stuff will be. Awesome. That is still way too early, though. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I've turned into a morning person and coffee is my best friend. But yes, I wake up at two o'clock every day and I am at work by 3 a.m. Naps have become my best friend. So. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you again for being my exclusive guest. Um, this, has, this is Amanda from Get Far News signing off. That was I love the tag out. That's great. My best That's attempt. so great. Well, I'll give you my tag out. It's yeah. usually reporting live in Nashville. Julia Palazzo used to. How was that? Beautiful. Oh, classic. Thank you. I yeah. love that. I butchered it, so I'm not going to bother trying again. I thought it was great. I approve. I would hire you right now. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. Well, thank you again, Julia, for being a part of the show. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. I am officially signing off. If there is a basic task or aspect of life that you cannot grasp, or if you want to learn more about this topic, email howdidigetthisfar at gmail.com and tag at howdidigetthisfarpod on Instagram with your helpful hacks. Finally, please give the podcast a rating and review so the show can continue tackling more struggles. But that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.